I want to bring you a message this morning. We all like new things. Five new things from an old book. We all like new things, don't we? We like to have new things. We like to experience new things. We like, you know, we wear the same old clothes. And those clothes may be functional. They may still fit. And they may still have fashion. But we've worn them so much, we're kind of tired of them. You know what I mean? Functionality. That old jacket you've got is still functional. It's warm. It's still in fashion. It still fits after Christmas, but yet you go, I'd like to have a new one. And then a new car. Boy, we like the new car smell, don't we? You get in there and there, those composites have that putting off that wonderful new odor and it's fresh leather and interior composites and that feel of new tires and less maintenance and that feels good. Can I get a witness? Listen to this. We're going to pray in just a minute. Here's information. I've, I've found out that in my ministry, it took me a long time, that teaching is communication and preaching is motivation. And we're going to get both this morning. So here's some teaching. Here's some information. Numerous studies have shown that dopamine is released during any type of new experience. Any type of new experience. Fresh experience. During our experiences of pursuing something new, the pleasure centers of the brain located mostly in the midbrain are activated, resulting in a surge of dopamine. We like to find something new. We're wired. Our brain is wired. Our DNA is wired to find something fresh and something new. So shopaholics are just as addicted as drunks. They're looking for a fresh experience. Are y'all with me? Pornaholics are just as addicted as drug addicts. Amen. Listen, there may be, and I'm giving you a warning, there may be a hot message coming in a couple of weeks on adultery. So get ready. I don't know that I've heard a message on that. But we need it. Somebody say amen. Fresh experiences. Um, it'd be good for us to learn... That that search for novelty, that search for something new can, can cause us to be addicted to something new. You know what? We're com we, we can get compulsive towards sin, a new sin, a deeper sin, even gossip. Amen. Let me tell you what the Bible says about gossip and learning something new. Paul had went to Greece and observed something there at Greece, and he told the, the, the folks in, in Acts 17, he said, For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but to either tell or to hear something new. Life had gotten so mundane, so ordinary, that all they did was... Gossip, gossip, gossip to tell or hear something new, a fresh experience, some fresh information, something to get the dopamine started in our brains. Wow. I think you know where I'm going with this message. Something to stimulate the brain. Let me tell you something about brain stimulation. It's most of the time opposite of the Christian life. Because God wants to give us peace, contentment, joy, and those things can bubble up in our heart and give us excitement. But we search for the fleshly excitement. I think about what uh, Jeremiah said in the Lamentations. 
And as he wrote the Lamentations, Jeremiah was kind of a Debbie Downer. No offense, no offense to any Debbies in here, but uh, he was, that's where he was. And, and he talked of seven things in, in that chapter, and he said, my skin is getting old. Well, I can understand that. He said, the gall is increasing, and Tony can relate to that. He just had his gallbladder removed. And he said this. He said, uh, the chain is heavy. That is, his legs didn't move like they used to. And there's unanswered prayer. And it's like every, life, every day of life, if there's a bear in wait. Or somebody's bent their bow and the afflictions come. I mean, Jer Jeremiah was just down. But then he said this. In the midst of all that, he said this. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. In the midst of the monotony of life, you and I can have something exciting every day because God's mercies are new and his compassions, they fail not. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. First Sunday of the new year, and we're here in the house of God to worship you and praise you, give you glory. And Lord, I pray you'd feed our soul and feed our heart this morning from the precious word of God. Oh, how these words need to be settled in our heart. Because this year, Lord, we'll see tragedy, we'll see heartache, we'll have triumphs, we'll have victories. Life will be a roller coaster. But Lord, with you in our hearts, we can have a steadfast joy through it all. I pray, Father, you'd bless now our service. In Jesus' name, amen. He speaks, Jeremiah speaks these words, and he says, in the midst of all these repetitive problems, these monotonous things that go on in life, you can have fresh joy, a new excitement. You can view every day and get up every morning and say, Lord, it is a fresh day. It is from you. It is your day. I praise you for this day. Lord, help me to live for you. Help me to be excited about. Listen, our days are swiftly numbered, folks. Don't let them go by by being down and depressed. Oh, listen, lift up your head and get some joy. Amen. And so the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Not some things. God, when God saved you, he didn't make some things new. He made all things new. Amen. So we don't have to search for some dopamine release through shopping or or. or uh, buying something new or a fresh new experience. You say, but preacher, the old things, the outward things, they're getting monotonous. They're getting old. I'm, I'm, I'm an older person. And I, you know, hey, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians, for which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day. Let me tell you something about your outward man. If you haven't already discovered it, it is perishing. It is decaying. It is dying. It will get hurt. It will get sick. It will get diseased. It will get painful. It will get afflicted. But thank God inside there can be a new man in Christ Jesus. 
praise God. Let me give you five new things. Here we go. Got to hurry. Newness of life. You're in Romans. Let's read Romans chapter 6. Only one verse. Verse number 4. Therefore, the Bible says, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life, just the same way that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God and raised to walk in newness of life, you and I can rise from the bed every morning walking in newness of life. How? By the glory of God. If you get up trying to glory in man or trying to glory in possessions or trying to glory in your success on the job that day, you're glorying in the wrong thing. If you're glorying in God, he can give you those things, amen, every day. Praise God. So Christ had suffered. Christ had died, Christ was buried, Christ went to hell for three days. If you don't think he did, read 1 Peter 3, 19. But the Bible says he rose in newness of life. Let me tell you something. It's a blessing to walk in the resurrection. It's a blessing to walk in newness of life. You say, how do I do that, preacher? Well, you gotta be born again. Well, how do I be born again? Well, Nicodemus asked that question when Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can, can I go back into my mother's womb and, and be rebirthed? And oh, Jesus began to explain to him a spiritual birth. Now, let me explain a spiritual birth. I was born on August the 24th of 1961. Yes, I'll be 63 years old this year. But you know what? I was born again on December the 7th, or December the 20th, 1970. December the 7th was Pearl Harbor Day. December the 20th. So I had a new birth in Jesus Christ. My first birth has caused me a lot of problems. Somebody say amen. My first birth has caused me a lot of complications. But my second birth sure has helped with those. Because my second birth was a spiritual birth. Christ came on the inside. The gods began to give me, God began to give me wisdom. God began to lead me, convict me when I was wrong, direct my steps. Hey, it has helped my first birth. At my first birth, I was born of a woman. I was born in blood. Now, there's three ways you can have a baby. And that can be a natural birth, an induced birth, or a cesarean. Now, I've seen all three of those personally. Three kids, all born three different ways. Matter of fact, the obstetrician put a picture of my wife on the wall. He said, you're the only woman I ever seen that had a baby all three ways. <laughs> and I can tell you that no matter how you have a baby, girls, it's going to be in blood. And I'm going to tell you something. If you ever get born again, it'll be in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no other way to have a baby there's no other way to have a spiritual birth than in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The life that I got from my mother will die, but the life that I got from Jesus Christ is absolutely alive eternally. Amen. That'll get you walking in newness of life. Praise God, I wish I had a microphone. I'd, I'd walk a little bit on that one. Praise God. <laughs> Jesus came 
not to give us temporary life. It's no wonder there are folks gathering in church this morning, boo-hoo, mumbly-grumbly. Hey, they think they can lose what they got. I got news for you. Jesus didn't give me temporary life. My mother did. Jesus gave me eternal life when I was born again. That's newness of life. That's exciting news. Praise God. And he gave us abundant life. That's new each day. Fresh joy. Fresh excitement. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. Let me tell you something. The children of Israel got up every morning as they walked through the desert. And there was some fresh manna laying on the ground. All they had to do was go out and pick it up. If they waited long enough and the sun came up hot, it melted that manna. I'm going to give you a real good illustration. Every morning you get up, there's fresh bread on your coffee table. I'm raising a King James 1611 Bible really high for those on the radio broadcast. There's fresh bread on your coffee table. Don't you let the sun come up before you get you some fresh bread. Amen, preacher. Get you, I don't care if you just roll over in bed and turn your, I like to use blue letter Bible on my cell phone. I mean, boy, I get me a cup of coffee and blue letter Bible and me and the Lord just enjoys the first moments of the day. That's wonderful, folks. I'm going to say, if you want to grow spiritually, then you get you some fresh bread first thing of the morning in 2024. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes, sir. Ain't nothing like fresh bread. Boy, once that's done, I start looking for some fresh eggs. And if I can't find fresh eggs, I go to the barn. I've already told you that. Sometimes in my boxer shorts, I take off. I tip my hat to the chickens and say, thank you for fresh eggs. I do it every morning. Listen. The other morning we got up, Tuesday morning, Lisa said, the power's off. Can't even make coffee. I said, where's it off? She looked on the map, it's off here, it's off all in Lebanon. I said, is it off in Abingdon? She said, no. I said, we're going to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> By the time we got to Cracker Barrel, before we had our coffee, we just about killed each other. I tell you about, I call that coffee is anti-murder juice. Amen. Amen. We got there. And listen, by the time we got back home, power was on. Every, her mama was in a panic. Oh, and the power goes, some of y'all same way. Every time power goes off, she does panics, wrings her hands, calls everybody on the phone. I'm going to tell you something. We just went and had us a good meal and come back. Power was on. Life was good. Amen. I'm talking about being fresh every day. Number two, there's a new love. There's newness of life, number one. Number two, I might just preach three, three points here, unless y'all really want me to. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, Purge out the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The Bible says if you want to be a new lump, I feel like a new lump this morning after Christmas, don't you? I've got some new lumps after the holidays. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. I got some new lumps. I tell you what, if you want to be a new lump in Christ, you've got to get rid of some things. Amen. 
The Bible says purge out the old leaven. If you're going to have a fresh start, a new life, some things are going to have to be purged, gotten rid of, and those are sin or anything that is displeasing unto God. Amen. What does it mean to purge? The definition of purge is to get rid of something in a violent or aggressive way. Now let that sink in. To get rid of something in a violent or aggressive way. At the plant where I worked, we filled lines full of fuel. And we didn't want to just, when we were going to work on those or weld on those lines, we didn't want to just leave fumes or vapors or anything that could blow up. We purged that line. Are y'all with me? I mean, we didn't just empty the line. We purged it. And when we purged that line, we blew out the fuel and blew in fresh air or even carbon dioxide to make a non-explosive atmosphere. Now, the Christian life is the same way. You Sometimes you have to purge things. You have to violently and aggressively get rid of sin. Now listen, you say, preacher, we're all nice little shiny Christians here sitting in Groves' Creek. Yeah, I know. And some of us need to purge some sin in 2024. Some old habits, some old addictions, they don't need to just be pity paddled around. They need to be purged. Violently and aggressively removed. The only way you could do that is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what gets rid of sin. Amen. How do I purge my sin? Listen, it needs to be removed with authority. Can I tell you something? I have a book in my hand that has authority. I have a blood on my soul that has authority. I have a joy in my heart that has authority in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If, listen, if life seems old and dull, it's because the inner man is not renewed. Amen. Amen. Let me say that again. If life is seeming old and dull, it's because the inner man has not been renewed. And somehow, when our inner man gets tired, we start looking for that dopamine. We want the new car. We want the new outfit. Sometimes we want a new woman in our life or a new bottle in our life or a fresh needle in our life. The prostitute, the drug addict, the money grubber, all these are looking for fresh experiences when all the while the freshest experience you can have is with God. Purge out the old leaven. That's a type of purging out sin. By the way, let me just break in on you here. Walking with God never gets old. It never gets old. It's always exciting. And God help us to renew this inner man. So we need to purge out sin. We need to purge out this leaven is a symbol of sin. It's also a symbol of bad doctrine. How do I let back doctrine come in? I stay out of the book. The reason that most people are deceived this morning is not because there's a false prophet or a false teacher or a false church. The reason that most people are deceived this morning is because they've not been in the word of God. If you're deceived, it is not the false prophet's fault. It is your fault. Let me say that again. I'm going to point toward the camera. If you are deceived, it is not the false prophet's fault. It is your fault for not being in the word of the living God. Amen, preacher.
So purge out the old leaven. Amen. God wants to make a new man out of us in the reading and the studying of his word. In the prayer life, he wants to make a new man out of us. Amen. I went yesterday, I believe it was, and boy, it was busy. I was busy, busy, busy. And somewhere down in the day, I thought I ain't prayed in about eight hours. And it felt so good to just get out in my study and just sat down in the quietness of my study, surrounded by my books and pictures and all of my whatnots and guns and, and bows and banjos. But in the midst of all that, there was some silence and some time with God. God wants to renew us, amen, every single day. We should have encouragement in church. Now, i got to finish the message. Turn with me. You're in Colossians chapter 3. Turn there with me. The third thing we want to see here is the new man. There's a new man, Colossians 3 and verse number 8. But the Bible says, how do I purge these things? How do I put off these things and become a new man? Colossians chapter 3, verse number 8. But now ye also put off all these. Put off, purge these things, blow them out aggressively, violently. Get rid of these things. Anger. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. The new man, read that carefully, the new man is renewed in knowledge. Now look this way. You say, preacher, I became a new man, a new person, a new creature, a new creation when I got saved. Agreed. We're going to agree there. But you've got to renew yourself day by day. You have to do that in the Word of God. The Bible says knowledge. Where does knowledge come from? It comes from the Word of God. Christian, you need to be in the Word of God every single day. Are you alive this morning? Evidently not. Are you alive this morning? You're alive because you ate yesterday. If you do not eat, we can feed you intravenously, but you're still going to die eventually. If you don't eat, you will die physically. If you don't eat the word of God daily, you will die spiritually. And the reason we're not renewed and have spiritual problems is because we're not soaking in and digesting the word of the living God. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs, For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge. Amen. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, an ignorant soul cannot be a good soul. Let that sink in. That's deep. An ignorant soul cannot be a good soul. What's an ignorant soul? Ignorance is just a person without knowledge. It doesn't mean stupid. It doesn't mean moron. If that's politically correct to say moron. It means without knowledge. An ignorant Charles Haddon Spurgeon, an ignorant soul cannot be a good soul. Listen, the Bible agrees with that in Proverbs 19.2. It says that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. 
Bible says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Last point. Here we go. There's a new way. I'm not just a new creature, a new man. I'm not just renewed on a daily basis. I'm walking a new way. Praise God. The old way, that old man, that old way led to destructive health. Can I get a witness? That old way led, amen, to a depressed heart. That old man led to a devil's hell. But the new and the living way leads to divine healing. It leads to delightful hope. It leads to a doctrinal hold on the word of God. I'm glad this morning I'm on a new way. I'm not on the broad way. I'm on the narrow way. I'm not going through the broad gate. I'm going through the straight gate. Praise God. I'm walking with God. It's exciting. It's new. It's fresh. It's wonderful. I praise God for the new excitement, the new hope that I have this morning. Amen. Walking a new road. Amen. There's a, why, how can I walk a new road? Because there's a new way out of sin. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't bring a goat to church this morning. I probably smelled like one. But I didn't bring one to offer it for my sin. I didn't bring a bullock or a turtle dove or a pigeon to offer it to a priest. I didn't come to a priest in a, a system of Old Testament system of worship. I came to a new and living way and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. Thank God. There's a new way out of sin. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you something. It's a joy for me to put on fresh clothes. It's a joy for me to take a fresh shower. It's a joy for me to put on some foo-foo water and smell a little fresh. Amen. It's a joy for me. Listen, let me, the same is true with getting to the house of God and Jesus said by the words that he would speak uh, we are clean. He said it like this. Now ye are are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Thank God for the cleansing of the word of God. Now I got to close. We all like to watch that show. Uh, what do they call it? Extreme makeover. Do you ever see that? They take this fat, ugly guy in his mid sixties, like me, and they put him on a diet. And he does all these exercises, and they give him new hair. <laughs> and he walks out, and he's all tan, and he's got a fresh smile. And what? I mean, we look at the picture of his old and the picture of his new, and we go, wow, I wish they'd do that to me. <laughs> hey, you know what God wants to do? He wants to do that to your inner man. He wants to get rid of some things that are taking you down a road of destruction. Get rid of some things that are taking you down a road of sin. Get rid of some things that are help that are destroying your life and your family around you. God wants to make in you a new creature, a new lump, and put you on a new road and a new way. Praise God. Yes, sir. <laughs> we ought to have... Let me tell you something. Lisa started going to the gym... 
the G-Y-M, not the J-I-M. <laughs> and I can tell you it's made a world difference in her, physically. And the best thing she can tell you, the best thing you can have is a personal trainer when you go to the gym. You're not just in a class. You're not just out there working out. You have a personal trainer who says, do, do this, do it like this, do it this way, do it this many times, eat this, eat protein, do this. I mean, if you've got a personal trainer, you can have an extreme makeover. Let me tell you something about the Christian life. You have a personal trainer, and it's called the Holy Spirit of God. And he lives inside of you. And if we'll just listen, and we'll just heed what he says, he'll say, do this, do this, do this, do it this many times, stay away from that, stay away from that, and eat this. I'm going to tell you something, friend. You'll get a makeover this year. And it'll be the most wonderful makeover you will ever have. Amen. One more point. Let's stand to our feet. I'll give it to you quickly as we're dismissed. We've got a new name. Amen. The fifth new thing from an old book is a new name. I've got a new name written in heaven. Let me ask you this question. Do you have a new name written? I'm telling you, my name was recorded in Abingdon, Virginia on a birth certificate. I've got a copy of it. It is white writing on black paper. I don't know how they did that then, but they did. But I'm glad I've got a new name written. And it's not recorded in Abingdon. It's recorded in heaven. And it's recorded not in white ink or black ink. It's recorded in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a new name. Boy, I tell you what. That gives me reason to rejoice. Jesus said to him that overcometh, I will give thee to the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and on that stone a new name written, which no man knoweth but he himself. I'm glad I've got a new name. Now, dear friend, every head bowed and every eye closed. Is your name written in heaven? Do you know for sure this morning that your name appears in the Lamb's book of life. Doesn't matter where it's going to be, where else it's written. And one day, let me remind you, that name's going to be engraved on a stone if Jesus doesn't come. I want to ask you this morning, dear friend, are you saved and are you sure that you're saved? And if you're not, if you're not saved, we can help you. If you're not sure you're saved, we can help you. Brian's waiting right here. He'd love to do that. It's a joy of his heart to sit down with somebody and say, hey, let's get assurance of salvation. Let's make sure, let's, let's nail it down that your name's written in heaven. Now what I'm going to ask you to do right now, if your name, if you know that you're not saved or you question that, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. Don't put it off. This is the first Sunday in 2024. Get it right today. Keep it right this year. Get a good fresh start right now. You need to be saved. Come on forward. What about you, friend? Do you need assurance of salvation? You need to know that you know you're saved. You say, preacher, I've doubted, I've questioned. Uh -huh, we all have. What you need to do is nail that down. Make sure you've got a new name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We wait just a minute. Keep your head bowed. We're going to sing that song, one verse of it, softly.
And if you need to do business with God, the altar's open. I don't care what your need is. Maybe you just say, Preacher, I need a fresh start. Preacher, I know I do. I'm not turning over a new leaf. I'm coming to Christ for my fresh start. Would you slip out right now? That's a great invitation. Slip out right now. Preacher, I need a fresh start with Christ this year. I want to start it on the altar. That'd be a great time, great way to start.